Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. Today's sermon title is Your Father Loves Who You Are. Your Father Loves Who You Are. Uh, last week, I, I shared a message that was called Restoring the Father Lens. And I, I shared my testimony about how, um, how I had gotten diagnosed with depression. This was back in the summer of 2015. Got diagnosed with depression, and so I went into counseling. To it was, I'd say, don't call it counseling, call it encounter, encountering. How do you put that word together? Counsel, I don't know, I can't do that right now. <laughs> time for that. What'd you say? In counseling. You did it. I knew somebody could help me. It was in counseling. <laughs> Encountering God. But it, what? It would be your dad, I know. So anyway, I, I started going for counseling with a pastor at, at Bethel, but I, I knew it wasn't just going to be like sitting there and going through the routines, but it needed to be encountering God and getting to the wounds underneath and, and all that, getting to the, if there's any lies in there. And so he had a, he had a word of knowledge for me immediately that the, the depression was actually coming from a, from a disconnection with the Father, part of the Trinity. And so through all the encountering that I had, the Lord started revealing truth to me, and, and it started becoming evident. And I, and I want to tell you that what I'm going to say is very common, probably with most people, that, that we, have a, we get a lens that we view the world through, we view God through and we view ourselves through. Um, the, the, the way that we perceive things usually comes from, well, all, I'll say always comes through our belief systems. And often our belief systems come from experiences until the Lord reveals truth to us to, to restore our, our values and our belief systems. Does that make sense? And so the Lord was revealing to me through, for, through that first session that... Uh, just about my childhood and how I, how I experienced my dad growing up. Great dad, great Christian man, loved us, was always there. But, uh, but even though he was there in body, he was rarely there in emotional connection and just in engagement and intimacy and stuff. So there was a lot of times where we knew dad was present, but he wasn't present. Does that make sense? And so, um, and, and then there, you know, I felt like I was interfering with his life a lot of times if, if I wanted his attention while he's in the middle of a TV show or a, or a nap or something like that. And so, uh, over the years, I started picking up these belief systems about this is what a father looks like. And so, subconsciously, uh, throughout my Christian life, uh, uh, the Lord was just showing me in this session that, uh, that it was very common that I had, I had a great relationship with God, but most of my encounters were Jesus or Holy Spirit, and dynamic, many, many, many encounters with Jesus and Holy Spirit, but encountering the Father was far and few between. I always knew he was there, but, but it felt almost like he's there, but he's like superior to the rest, and so um, you, you don't interfere with him unless he comes to you and says it's time, and so it's like those rare holy moment kind of thing. Does, it, does anybody get that concept? So, but I, I realized through this, the Holy Spirit was revealing to me that my perception of the Father came from my encounters with my own dad. It's like he's there, but it's far and few between, and it's when he was ready to give me the time of the day. Does that make sense? So that, that actually created a lens that I viewed the Father from. And so the Lord, over the summer, took me on this intensive healing journey of rediscovering who the Father is, because the Lord encountered me in that, set, that first session, and basically he said, he, he didn't just say it, he encountered me, and I experienced him showing me, he is not my earthly dad. I, it's not fair for me to superimpose on him what my experience with my dad was, because that's not who he is. My dad's a great man, and God loves him, but some of my encounters where I, I created these perceived ideas wasn't necessarily even reflective of what my dad's intentions were, but it was just how I experienced it on my side. Does that make sense? 
All right. So that was what the that was how my healing journey began. Was that first session with those encounters? I shared all that last week, um, and the Lord started restoring my view of God um, from the from the father gaps that I had in my life. A lot of deficiency uh, that I had grown up with about what does a father, what is a father to a son or a child? Okay. So today I want to tell you um, I want to take it a little further. From that premise, and I want to share with you um, what he started unfolding to me on my second session of the summer, because it just, it just brought a whole different dimension, a whole different level to me. Uh, my second session, I knew I, knew I was going to be meeting with uh, Les Coombs, who was the, the pastor and counselor, uh, the next day. But the night before, Jessica and I were at home. By the way, this was before, no, this was after, this was when David was a baby. Livy wasn't born yet. We, Jessica and I um, had Netflix, and, uh, and we, how many of you guys, and be honest with me, you got your shows that you binge watch. Somebody's lying if you're not raising, I know somebody's lying if you're not raising your hand. Well, we, we were binge watching at that time a show called Royal Pains. Has anybody ever heard of that show? It's a good show. Now, I'm not going to say, don't, don't think, well, Jesse said it. He's the pastor. That means everything about it is godly. No. You got your filters. And if, you, if that bothers you, then Pure Flix is your subscription, all right? Then you're good. All right? So I'm not endorsing everything about Royal Pains, but I got to tell you about this, this one, all right? So this night, I knew I was getting counseling the next day. God had already started doing this awesome work in my heart. Um, and, and so this night, we're going to watch TV. We'd been binge-watching Royal Pains. It's a show about um, this guy named Hank who, who got invited into the, I forgot where that place is in New York. It's like the richest, what's it called? The Hamptons, yes. He got invited into the Hamptons to live in the guest property of this billionaire, this castle, and he became like his medic, his, doc, his personal doctor, and then he started becoming a doctor to the whole neighborhood of the Hamptons. People would privately have him come over and do things in, in their homes for them. And so, and his brother started partnering with him. He's his business partner. It's pretty cool. And so, and, and this guy has a great personality. He needs to get saved, though. I'll, just, I'll say that. He's a, he's a pre-Christian, okay? But, and so, anyway... Um, we were watching this show, we've been, we've been binge watching it, and this night I was like, honey, I'm actually getting pretty sick and tired of Royal Pains, we've got to watch something else, I need, a, I need a breather from it, I know we'll get back to it, but I need a Royal Pains breather, and so we start flicking through Netflix and finding whatever it was, uh, uh, maybe we'll watch that, okay, and, and then I push play, and it starts playing with no sound, like, the video's there, there's no sound. Check the volume. Nope, it's good. I, I tried it, we, then we were like, all right, I guess that show has a glitch. So I went to another show. Let's try this one, babe. Okay. It's like, it's my turn, right? Because she gets all those other turns with real pains. So my turn once. I'm just joking, babe. I know that you let me pick it more than that. Anyway, I have these dumb little jokes I throw out there that only she's going to get, I guess. Try the next one, push play, it starts playing, no sound. I'm like, is there something wrong with our TV? So I'm checking everything. No, it was good because I tested something else outside of Netflix and it worked. So I tried like three or four different shows. None of them have, have sound. And so it seemed like there's this just weird internet glitch going on. I've never seen that before then. I've never had it happen since, all right? Just this one time did this happen. And so I, I, I half-jokingly said to Jessica, all right, babe, I give up. We'll try Royal Pains. <laughs> and I was half-jokingly saying, I'm going to try it, and if there's sound, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count that as a miracle that God was trying to like, hone us in where we have to watch it, so he must have a message for me in there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it if there's sound and be watching for a message. But I didn't think it was going to work. I went to it, and I pushed play to the next episode we were queued up for, and it worked. Like, what in the world? I went back and checked the other things. No sound, nothing, anywhere. 
But that one show, I don't know why. What, like, why would, why, why, God? You don't love this show that much, do you? So I, I kind of half-wittingly watched the show, waiting to see if something was going to stand out that God was going to say. And guess what? There was nothing. <laughs> nothing. That's ridiculous. God, you, you like that show enough to make us just watch an episode? I don't, I don't think so. So I moved on. I forgot about it. Next day, we're in the session, right? I'm with Les in his office. He starts taking me into this encounter with the Lord. And the presence of God comes in. And I start, like, kind of uh, almost trance. I go into this, like, a trance, right? Uh, it's like I'm not present. Like, I, I was physically, but I could feel myself not there in the spirit. And so I had this encounter and I, and I saw a vision. I saw, I saw the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit all standing there in front of me. That's amazing because I'm, I'm, I'm beholding the Trinity. But the Father, <clears throat> he, he, was, he, he touched the shoulders of the Holy Spirit and Jesus and stepped between them. And he said, he said let me have some time with Jesse. We have some catching up to do. Let me have some time with Jesse. We have some catching up to do. And I saw Jesus and the Holy Spirit in honor to the Father. They stepped back and it was like they were like, they wanted to bless us to have this one and one time. That was crazy. That doesn't mean that we're building a theology that the Holy Spirit and Jesus left me. So don't go there. <laughs> right? They, they were deferring to the Father. The Father, we have some catching up to do. <clears throat> That's awesome. That really hit my heart because it was like the father's like, man, I, I know Jesse, because, you know, the season I'm in, he's, it's basically like, I know Jesse has missed out on me all these years. I want to show up to him now and make up for lost time. That's awesome. Right after I had that encounter, then the Holy Spirit gave me a flashback of royal pains the night before. I, I, I didn't get it. And it didn't mean anything then, but now it meant something. Because he reminded me of something, and, he, and it connected with what he just said. <clears throat> so in Royal Pains, the, uh, part of the overarching story is that there's Hank and his brother, I forgot his name, um, that they grew up in a home where their dad abandoned the family when they were kids so he could go off. And I, I, it's been a long time, I think he had an addiction with a gambling or something, but he left the home. And so their history was that their dad would show up every once in a while, and, and, but then it was so dysfunctional, and just awkward moments would happen when he'd show up. But, uh, but in that season, the few episodes prior to this night, they found out that they had a sister that they never knew about. And the, and the dad didn't know about her either. And so because he had an affair, I think, one time and didn't know. He just left. He abandoned that woman, too. And so in the, in the episodes around that time, their sister had, had, had found them and introduced herself to them, and they were in total shock. Wow, we have a sister. We've always had a sister and didn't even know it. And so they're trying to, like, build a relationship with her. It's awkward, but there's love but, but they don't know how to interact yet, so they're trying to, like, build this relationship that they should have always have. And so while they're connecting with her over this period of, you know, a few episodes, all of a sudden, Dad comes home again. And, and, and then Dad discovers his daughter. And so Dad, his heart's melted. He's like, this is the daughter I never knew. And so he actually, his heart's having a shift where he, he wants to become a better dad for his kids than he ever had been. And so he's trying, to, he's trying to work hard at building that connection. So the scene that came to my mind in this encounter was the night before, was that dad was, he, he took his daughter bike riding, and he didn't know that she never learned how to ride a bike. And so she's like having this really hard time riding this bike, and, and she's like, wobbling all over the place. She has to stop and, 
adjust herself. And, and so he, but he's with her, and he's, but he's trying to encourage her. You got this. Keep going. And so she keeps trying stuff. She's frustrated. But this one point comes where her, her bike, um, she loses control, and she falls over. And she's so humiliated because she's a, she's a grown adult and doesn't even know how to ride a bike. And, and her dad went over there, and he, and he let his bike, I can't remember the details. I think he let his bike fall next to her or whatever, and he laid on the ground next to her right where she was at. He went to where she was in her, in her failure, laid next to her. And he starts having this bond with her, and he looks over at her, and, and he says, we should have done this a long time ago. Because he realized that she didn't have the skills to ride that bike because he was never there to teach her how to do it. So it was like this, encounter, this moment of, of revelation. My, my daughter doesn't have basic skills, but it's my fault. I wasn't there for her. You get, you get the picture? And so he, he's basically he's saying, we should have done this a long time ago. And when I, when I saw that, I started crying my eyes out because it reminded me of what the Father just said when he told Jesus, Holy Spirit, let me have some time with Jesus. We have a lot of catching up to do. And it just was this real amazing picture of a, of a father who knows the need of a child. And the, the child doesn't have everything they need without that. Does that make sense? I just started crying. Obviously, God doesn't depict that that father who wasn't present, okay? He actually has always been present, but it was on my side of it where I was missing his presence for me. I was missing his love for me. I was missing all the things that he was, but he wasn't that for me. So you guys get the picture? All right, so I just started crying because the father was just revealing to me, I want to make up lost time. All those years, I was in my mid to late 30s at the time, and I've had all those years of being deficient of a true father relationship. He's like, I see all those years that you missed that. Let's make up lost time. Come on. Matthew eleven twenty seven. Jesus said, All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal Him. How many of you guys know that that, that Jesus wills to reveal your Father to you? Not just His Father, your Father. And, and I, I believe that you know that, but I believe that you don't get it at the level that he wants you to, and that's not a put down. I'm the same. I, I think, I believe this deeply, that Jesus wants to reveal his Father to us in a way that we've never known before. I believe that, that the Father wants to reveal his heart for you I don't think you have a clue yet how much he absolutely loves you, likes you, that's different, adores you, okay? I believe that the Father wants to say to you, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I need some time with my child. We have a lot of catching up to do. I I believe that we all, every one of us, and I don't just mean us overflow, right? I mean every one of us. Jack Frost, in the video series we're in, he, he says everybody was born an orphan. And that's true. In the spirit, we're orphans until... We have a father, all right? So until the father is revealed to us, we have empty places in us that can never be filled except through the love and the embrace of the father. Amen? And, and I would say this, fr- friends, if, if you don't know Jesus yet, 
Jesus wills to reveal his father to you and to show you that he wants him to become your father. Amen? So I started having a lot of encounters during that season and visions and revelations about God's love for me. And the more that the Father was pouring love into my heart and acceptance and telling me, you are my beloved Son, and I'm pleased with you. And like actually like surrounding me with His acceptance and His covering, His love, and it had nothing to do with if I was getting things right or not. It had to do with simply... That's just who he is, and that's who you are to him. And, and the, Lord, the Lord was just lavishing me with that acceptance and that love. And the more I was coming into that realization at a heart level, the more I started noticing that the depression that I had been carrying is dissipating and losing its hold on my life. Come on. I, I don't know if it's actually possible... To have depression when you have a total revelation of the Father's love. I'm not saying it's not, that it's not possible to have depression if you're a Christian or spirit-filled. I, I, I realize quickly in this that that is possible. But I, I don't know if it's possible when you're immersed in Papa's love. All right, Maybe it is. I, I, I don't think it is, but... I, but, but as I was having this unfolding revelatory encounter with the Father, and, and I'm being healed of depression, um, I, I also started learning how to love me better. Started to learn how to love me better. I don't mean egocentric, arrogant, pride, self-centered kind of love. I'm talking about I'm a child of God and I get to experience all of that God has for me and I need to accept who he created me to be and to love me well like he loves me. And, and later in the summer before the next school year started, I, I got a chance to go away for a camping trip um, for a couple nights by myself up in Mount Lassen State Park, might be National Park. Mount Lassen, let me just tell you, imagine going camping in Brown County or Turkey Run and just being out there in nature and like you're just, you're, you, you don't have all the distractions of life and you can hear the sounds and, and you're, you're breathing that fresh air and you're just having this great nature experience and, and God's there. Imagine that. No, <laughs> it's nothing like Mount Lassen. All right? It's like this cool and it's like this cool. All right? It's nothing. Mount Lassen, <laughs> it's, it's got snow on the top and it's awesome. I miss it. Yeah, well, I moved here from there, so... I do like to go to those places here, though, and have these same things. So I just wanted to have fun for a second. Cornfield, Flat State, Indiana. <laughs> we can still encounter God in nature here. Amen? So anyway, I, I was having this awesome um, getaway, just me and God. And, and I, I actually was reading this book on that trip by Brennan Manning. I think, I think it was Abba Father, or Abba's Child. Has anybody ever read that? It's awesome. But I was, my, my goal with that whole trip was just to press into the Father, just to, just to seek His face, just to let Him love on me, and, and just to receive all His goodness and try to flush out all the stuff that I've always carried that's caused me to have this distance or barrier between him. And I, I put in my headphones that song that we sang today, Abba. It's a, it's a Helser song, John and Melissa Helser. Love that song. I put it on repeat, and it just went through me over and over. I probably listened to it 
at least a hundred times, constantly. Just, but but I wasn't just listening to it. I was like, I was opening myself up and letting the Holy Spirit come on me, and and just letting the heavens open and the Father just have no barrier to, to just to love on me the whole time, flushing me out, flushing me out of all the beliefs I've always had, flushing me out of all the experiences I've carried that, that tried to craft my lenses into something that wasn't true. Just, loving, just letting the Father love on me. And some of the time I also was listening to Jason Upton. Um, he, he has an album, I think it's called Remember. And on the album, it's so awesome. Uh, some of you probably will know this. There's a song where an angel starts singing on it. It's profound. But there's songs that lead up to that where he's just flowing in the spirit and he start. he heard a baby. It was just the spirit, right? Just soft and, and not really saying things for a while. And you hear a baby in the background. And then he starts getting moved in the spirit and he starts making these baby noises. If somebody wasn't in the spirit of this, it would sound ridiculous. Honestly. But, but he starts doing... What he's doing is he's, he's, he's releasing himself in that moment, to be free and to not have to perform, but to, but to get to the very child within, to, to be in touch with Papa. And he starts crying out, and, and uh, like it's, it's like he's going through the process of a child learning how to talk, right? And so how many of you guys know that song I'm talking about? Some of you know it? And, and, so, and then he starts singing, Daddy. Dad, he like goes into that. It's so crazy, but it's the most intimate thing. And then he starts singing that this is the language of heaven, and it's the it's father and child language of heaven, and it flows into the song where where an angel starts singing with him. It is, I mean, it's crazy. So I'm like listening to that stuff because the whole point for me was how do I get my spirit man and my soul in touch with the Father, because I, I don't want there to be barriers between me and Him, and there have been most of my life. And the more that I was encountering God and just letting Him love on me like this, I could not help it but to continue to think about my dad. And, and I started aching for my dad. I started aching for um, having an intimate connection with Him that I never really had, except when I was real little. And, but, it was, but the Father was doing that to try to bring me into touch with what that actual need is and the ache that's there, the longing that w- without it, that we, ha- we all have that longing if it's not being filled. There's an ache that's in there, and, we can, and what we do, I think most people anyway, is, is that we can't handle that so we find ways to ignore it, and we numb it, and, and we, we harden ourselves to that need, and find ways to, to survive and to pretend like it's not actually a need. But let me tell you, I don't care what you've done to disconnect with that need, it's under there. And, and you, you do have an inner child that needs intimate connection with the Father. And God wants to bust that open so he can fill it. Amen? When he fills it, it no longer aches anymore. God wants to restore our connection with him to such a profound degree that that he heals all the wounds and all the the stuff that we picked up throughout our life, lacking it, that we picked up along the way, that, that we've learned how to survive and we think that's become who we are. And God wants to, as that song says that we sang today, He wants to rewrite your history. He wants to get in there and heal all those places and, and, and fill where the longings are and the deficiencies and the lacks and the places that, that you've learned how to survive and to ignore and cover and harden, numb, whatever it is. He wants to get in there and heal all those places and encounter you with His lavish love, and recreate you from the inside out as if you never were missing it in the first place.
It's amazing. I also, as, as I was having those encounters and I kept thinking of my dad and feeling that ache, and, but, but I, I knew I, I may never have what I thought I wanted with my dad, but God showed me, but he, but he can give me that thing because he's, he's the true version of it anyway. Amen? And, and I also, at the same time, it was all simultaneous. I couldn't get David out of my mind. David, my son. The father, like an encounter with the father, I could not help but to also see how it flows through me as a father to my son and that he needs that love. And I felt this yearning and this longing for my son, this, this unconditional love and need to have a heart connection with him. He was just a little boy, little, little, little. And, but I, I just knew I needed to have this flow of love to him, and I need him to feel this from me. And the Lord was just showing me this is how he feels for me. And I was able to encounter that and be able to receive it, that, that that's who I am to him. Praise God. So the Lord... As he's got, he had this, he had, I, I want to say I still am on this journey, all right? But that summer was intensive, and, and he, had the, he had me on this journey of restoring my connection to the Father. And you just can't have that, that experience without it including simultaneously your ability to have self-love. You, it's, you can't have this, the, the kind of encounter with the Father's love that He wants to bring to you without it including simultaneously you're, you're growing into a, a healthy self-love. As the summer progressed through this this whole season, started realizing that a big part of my depression actually came from not loving who I am in every way. Loving who I am in every way. It's easy as Christians for us to love one another, right? But Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. And he actually, like, the Father needs us to love us well. Loving yourself well allows you to receive his love well. You can't have one without the other. Because the flow is the same. Not, not accepting that I'm, I'm good with who I am just by simply being myself. I, I had a hard time being able to accept all the traits that, of who I am, okay? I'm not talking about sin, all right? We, we don't have to accept, we're not supposed to accept sin behaviors. I don't mean that, but I'm talking about your personality traits. Talking about the, the way that you, the things that you love, the things you care about, the things you're good at. Being okay with the things you're not good at. It's okay. You don't have to be good at something because somebody else is good at that thing. Okay? Being okay with the cowlick. Right? You can't get rid of that thing, so you might as well learn to be okay with it. Being okay with the mole. Whatever the thing is, the crooked toes whatever. You're not going to fix it. Receive it. Be okay. All right? But, but the, you know, I, I really want to like rock and roll because that's what the cool people like, but I really like country. That's not me. I, you'll never hear me say that. <laughs> Ever. However, if that's you, embrace it. Okay? Okay? 
The, the thing, there's things that I realize that I've been ashamed of about me. That, now, I'm not talking about sin, all right? You guys got to understand that. The, the things that I wanted to be different from. And, and usually it's at a subconscious level. I think some people, it, maybe it's more blatant to you, but whatever it is, like God actually wants you to love yourself in every part about you. Doesn't mean that we, we don't want to improve and grow and get better, but, it, but in doing so, it doesn't mean that you have to hate yourself out of it. Love yourself and embrace yourself and, and be at peace with yourself. Be able to rest in yourself and then love yourself enough to grow, but not out of hate for who you are, out of loving your way into greater things. You guys hear in my heart? These are the things the Lord started showing me. I, I realized that depression, a lot of it was coming from not being able to accept who I am in some ways. Doesn't mean I hated myself, but it just meant that there were some things that I, I've probably felt like I was less than because I, the way that I valued myself or valued others or viewed me and compared and all that kind of stuff. So in a new way, I began to accept who I am. That became a huge theme for my summer in this encountering the Father's love was learning how to accept who I am and to be okay with who I'm not and to learn how to love me for who I am. Amen? I've spent too much of my life Wanting to be like someone else who inspired me. And let me say, it's good to have people to inspire you, and it's good to learn from them and glean from them, get impartations and grow. However, it, there can be a tendency, I know for me at least, that, that if there's somebody that, that I was really deeply inspired by, and I saw what they walked in, and if I don't have that, I started feeling bad about me. I started wanting to be like the other person, and, and then the things that, about me that didn't compare to that person, I would see as less than, okay? So uh, that, would, that would make me not happy with myself. I wanted people to know me for the same things that I knew my heroes for. So I, I, I needed for people to look at me, and, and my heroes, you know, are revivalists. And so... Some of the traits that I love about some of my heroes, and I want more of it in my life, people who walk in a, a powerful anointing, people who carry the fire of God, who walk in healings and miracles on a regular basis, and they, they function from a profound prophetic gift. They carry this crazy boldness, very evangelistic, um, drunkards in the Holy Ghost, etc., like, that's just a little snapshot. Like, these are the people, some of them were my peers and some of my leaders and stuff at Bethel. And I wanted to be more like that. And so I wanted people to see me in that way. And if I felt like I wasn't functioning from that place, I would start feeling pretty dumpy about myself. If I didn't feel like people perceived me like that, then I started feeling insecure I started feeling less than. I started feeling like I was falling short. Started feeling like a fraud and a fake. Felt like I didn't belong, and it made me want to strive. I know none of you have ever experienced these things, so just have <laughs> compassion on me, all right? But, but the Lord, through this, these encounters, started revealing to me that all those beliefs and the feelings I had as a result of them were a result of a disconnection with Father God. Okay? And I started realizing He loves me for who I am because He created me as I am. From before birth, He wired me how he wants me to be. I started encountering who God knows that I am. Okay? He didn't make me like those other people. There's some things about it that's similar maybe, but 
He didn't make me to be like those other people. He made me to be like me. Okay? I wrote in my journal in that season. I want to read this little section to you. I realized that part of my depression came from not loving who I am in every way and accepting that I am good with who I am by just simply being myself. How many of you know that's a lot more relaxing and peaceful? I've wasted too many of my days and years subconsciously wanting to be like someone else who inspires me, thus not being happy with me. Again, I want to say it's good to be inspired by people. That's not the issue, but when it makes you not love who you are because you want to be like them, you're missing the, the beautiful creation of the Father. Okay? Not saying I've hated myself, but it's just been a subconscious portion of my self-view. That problem was a result of a disconnection with the Father. The Father loves me just like I am because He created me this way. He wants me to embrace who I am, and He wants me to set myself free to be me. Now, I want to say that again. It wasn't He needed Jesus to set me free. He wanted me to set me free. You guys hear that? He wanted me to set myself free to be myself because I was the only person holding me back. He doesn't want me to be like someone else. He, and he made you to be who you are. And guess what? He loves who you are too. How are we doing right now? Four people are doing great. This is, this, is a, this is a home run. Thanks, a five. All right, good. Do I have a six? Just kidding. Romans 8, 15 through 17. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Everybody say, Abba, Father. Abba is a, is a way to... To talk to the da- to father like daddy, it's a, it's a term of endearment. Abba. Everybody say it again. Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Everybody say, I am a child of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Everybody say, I'm an heir of God. That and that means, repeat this after me, it means I have an inheritance with God. I'm a joint heir with Christ. Jesus is the Son of God. I'm a child of God. Jesus is my brother under the Father. Come on. Heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we also may be glorified together. Come on, that's awesome. John 1.12, I've read this to you before. It says, but as many as received him, how many of you guys have received Jesus? Come on. To them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. How many of you believe in his name? So you've received Jesus, you believe in his name, and this is saying for those who who receive Jesus and also believe in his name, guess what? You get the right to become. That means you might actually not be that yet. Okay? How could that be? We've been born again. Oh, well, you actually have been born again, and you really are actually a child of God, but he's given you the right, which means the authority, the power to become a child of God. You already are a child of God to him, but you need to learn how to be a child of God to you. So there's something about coming into sonship of God. Like, he already has fully given himself and invited you in, but it's you, it's on your side now, to posture yourself and to come into that place where you can receive your sonship, the Father's covering and embrace to you. It's your choice, just like the prodigal son ran away from his dad, but, he, but when he chose to turn back to him, the father ran out to him, and he brought him into his home. He put a ring on him. He put a robe on him. He put his sandals on him and told everybody, my son's home. 
He was dead, but now he's alive. There's a posturing. Like that son, he, he actually couldn't be able to come into the covering and the goodness of the home, even though it was available to him. He had to choose to bring himself into sonship again. It was his decision to come in. And so the Lord gives us the right or the power to become children of God, but we have to position ourselves and come into it and just allow it. You've got to open your heart and allow to come upon you what He's already given to you. God, I'm thankful that this is doing great for a couple of people in here. Last week, I shared with you guys this, that sometimes I can lose sight of the Father. I don't, I don't know that everybody's 100% nailed this yet besides Jesus, but we can. Okay? But, but I, know that, I know that in those moments or those seasons even, when I've lost sight of my sonship to the Father, guess, guess what happens? I start functioning like an orphan again, okay? A few weeks ago, I defined to you how I would, how I would define an orphan spirit is this. <clears throat> the belief of one's identity that lacks a deep, intimate, and healthy connection to a good and loving father, and it produces an output of life that is deficient of the security that comes from that type of relationship. Orphan spirit. So I find that when I lose sight of the Father in my life, I start functioning from that again. So I start striving all over again because we're supposed to function from a, from a rest and a receiving posture. And then we, we work from rest, right? We do things from, from love. I start getting into a performance mentality, okay? I start losing confidence and a sense of security, I enter into loneliness again. Jack Frost says that the orphan spirit is when you feel like you don't have a home. Okay? I get anxious easy, stressed out easy. I start experiencing fear more. I have an increased tendency again for depression and shame. And then I get a bad attitude easier too. I'm not going to say that I have become 100% immune to depression, but I know my way out of it now. I don't get depressed hardly ever. I'm not saying there, there have been maybe little moments where I start feeling that, but it's like, all right, I, I know. <laughs> Getting disconnected. And, and it's easy. The, the more you know how much the Father loves you, the easier it is to get positioned under that again. The problem is what is what we believe. That's the that's the only problem, okay. But we have to always have. We need to know we always have the right to live like children of God. You, you believe, you've received Him. You have the right to sonship all the time. But when you get disconnected, it doesn't have to be a hard thing. Recenter, okay. You guys all right? Shoney's calling your name. So we need to receive the, the Father's embrace. It grounds us and recenters us into that flourishing place again. Amen? So I'm gonna, I guess I'm going to conclude with this thought here. There's, there's always many things to, that could be said. <laughs> when I came to the end of my counseling season that summer and right before school is about to start again, it was, the timing was perfect. So less. Uh, one of the things he wanted to ask me to process was, he said, what, is the, what are some of the most common things that people tell you about who you are? So I started thinking about it, and the Holy Spirit starts reminding me of things over the past few years, things people would say over me. Guess what one of them was? One, the primary thing that people said about me? That I have a father heart. I have a father heart. It's the most, the most common thing that people started telling me. You have the heart of a father. And, and, and I remembered a few years prior, I was in a little small group with guys, and we started like telling each other who we are. And, and to each other, there's you're anointed, you're prophetic, and all that stuff that I wanted, right? Remember I was saying the things that I wanted to be known for? 
And what did they tell me? They didn't say you're anointed, you're prophetic, you walk in the fire, all that stuff. They said you have a father's heart. And so when I heard that, I, I, I gave them the courtesy of, of being honored by it, but it actually felt less than because it was other than the thing I wanted. Okay? But now after all this, and I'm, I'm having these encounters with the Father, and I'm realizing that that's actually the most healing, freeing thing anybody could ever have, is to know who the Father is. And it sets you free, and it recenters you, and it gets you grounded, and it makes you like Him. And all the stuff falls off, and you start, and, and I learned that the, the more I come into that, the more the other stuff just starts happening. Things I wanted to be known for, Start happening. but uh, And the Lord was like showing me that what I was ashamed of is kind of a badge of shame that I, I got this inferior thing. You have the heart of a father. Because I want it to be known for all the other stuff. The Lord was like, hey, this is who you are. And I, and I started remembering, wow, I, I see what you've been doing in me. And I've, I've come to learn that knowing you is probably the most important thing I've ever experienced in my entire life. How could that be a badge of shame for me to represent the one that everybody needs? I had to, I had to have this shift of my self-view. And Les looked at me and he said, Jesse... I'm not saying this to, to be boastful. I need you to understand how important this was to me in the moment. He said, Jesse, in all of Bethel, I don't know anybody, and he, and he knows them all. He said, I don't know anybody who displays the love of the Father more than I see in your life. <laughs> that melted my heart. Because he was comparing me to even the other pe the, some of the people that you know. Like he, that was like profound. And, and all of a sudden, the Lord's like shifting my heart. And, and I realize that, um, that I need to surrender all the things that I was trying to be that was not the things that define who I am. Let it go. And be okay with it. And rest in who I am. <clears throat> And love me for who I am and be that. Because the rest of it is striving. Trying to put on Saul's armor. It's fake. Okay? When you try to function as something that's not what, you're, what God has made you to be, it's fake. And so the, I started embracing it and I started declaring over myself, that's good. That's good. I, I love that about me now. I, I started loving myself and receiving it and I was able to rest in myself for the first time ever. That thing I just said was kind of important. That was the first time in my entire life I was able to rest in who I am and let the other stuff fall off of me. As much as I wanted the other stuff, it actually liberated me to let it go. And you want to know what's crazy? I started pastoring the revival group the next year with a whole new batch of students, and that was, the, that was the year I told you guys about where I started the year off just being completely transparent. These are, I, I used to struggle with pornography, and, and I got breakthrough, and I brought it into the light. Remember me sharing that with you? And, and then I, I even told them, I just went through a summer, like right now, of getting counseled because of uh, depression. Like... Opening it up, because in the light is where Christ is, and that's where the blood of Jesus flows. I wanted to demonstrate that to them, and I started functioning to them from who I am and started loving them like the Father loves people. I, I got to center myself with who I am, and it was the most liberating thing ever. And the Spirit was flowing, and guess what? The more I got free to do that, the more as a natural byproduct, I started seeing an increase of anointing showing up, of the fire coming, of prophetic encounters coming, of healings and miracles flowing, and all that stuff, drunkenness and the Holy Ghost, all the things that I loved that I was trying to be like, like someone else, 
That was a false version of who I thought I should be. I come into who I am, and that stuff actually starts showing up. But it's not from me trying to be it. It's from me being who I am and loving me well and loving others and letting the Father flow through me. Come on. The, the junk started falling off. And the things that were true longings in my heart, but I was doing it the wrong way, they started happening accidentally. More, more. I saw that stuff plenty before, but it started happening more and stronger and less work on my side. <laughs> Appreciate your time, guys. Little do you know, too, that in this church planning process, I, I've gone through a lot of the same journey. Because we came here to plant this church, and we have in our minds, this is what it's going to look like. We're going to do this, and this, and this, and the region's going to know us for these things, and these things. And, and as we're trying to go after this stuff, and momentum's building, and people are on board and stuff, and then, and then we think we're about to start being manifested by God to the region, and then you start losing people. And, and every time we lost somebody that we thought was going to be a part of what we were doing and stuff, and, and, it, and we'd go through the broken heart and the pain of it, and, and then the Lord had to recenter me and say, hey, do you remember? Do you, do you remember when you were trying to function in something that I wasn't doing? Relax and love yourself. I'm doing, I'm doing something different in this season right now than you're, you're trying to live in a season you're not in yet. Okay? And you're trying to be something that I haven't actually put the grace on yet, but why don't you let that stuff go and rest in who you are and enjoy me? And, and when I got recentered, and I'd, there'd be times when attendance is low, and as a pastor, you're like, how many butts are on the seats? Or whatever. And the, and the Lord has to remind me, that's not what matters. I'm here. And when I recenter, it's like, that's right. It doesn't matter how many people are in the room. We, just, we want you. And whoever shows up, let them encounter God. And let it, let it be what it is. And rest. And stop trying to be something you're not. Stop trying to live in a season you're not. Try, stop trying to build something in the church that's not what Jesus is building right now. It's so liberating. It is so liberating. And, and then the Lord shows you what he is doing and who you actually are. And it's like, wow, this is better than I was trying to make it. And then you start seeing the goodness, and it starts producing fruit. And, and then before you know it, some of the things that you're trying to do, whatever way, God starts in the right time. It starts actually starting to bud and stuff. And, and it's going to happen in its right time. It's going to be beautiful. But I just want you to see like that journey applies in all parts. God wants to set you free from everything that you've picked up along the way that you thought you needed to be something else other than who you are. He wants to set you free from that. Anything that you might perceive in your life that you're ashamed of, He loves you just like you are. If there's sin, I'm not talking about that. Repent of it. That's not actually who you are in the first place. But let it go. He wants to love you, and he wants you to love you so well. And to let stuff fall off. And to recenter. And to become everything that he created you to be. And to be the best sponge. The best God sponge. He already is your father. He, already, he created you to be you. Trying to be like someone else. You're actually jipping yourself, God, and the rest of the body of Christ. Trying to be something you're not. But who you are, when you center it with the Father's love and embrace, there's more that's going to show up through that. You guys hearing me? Yes. All right. Here, here's what I want to do. Um, <clears throat> praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. This, this is how I want to close. I, I know some people may need to go. Um, why don't you go ahead and put that music on for a minute while I do this. But I, I want to just tell you right now that 
you and the Father, you and the Father have some catching up to do. Okay? That's, I believe the Father wants you to know that. He has some catching up to do with you. In a moment, I'm going to pray for you guys, and then if you need to go, you can. I know kids are about to get released. You guys can go. But I'm going to invite to the front anybody who wants to respond to this, and we're going to lay hands on you. Um, God wants to set you free of any false version of yourself. God wants to give you freedom to be you in Him. Okay? He wants, to, he wants to give you freedom to enjoy God's pleasure over you. To give you freedom from striving. Come on. 